Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast hosted by three nincompoops. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother whose dog bit my face several times this last week. Yeah, that would be me, Ryan Newman. <laughs> he's super cute, Milo, but he is he's a handful. He he's a biter. He's a biter. Uh, and I'm joined by the other brother who's also a biter. Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm a biter, <laughs> Trey Newman. Uh Trey, you are recording your first episode now since May 27th. Wow. Just crazy. So we finally got all three bros back together. Yeah, the ratings should that's Trey, like a, you interrupted my song. Yeah. What were you saying? <laughs> the ratings should go back up since since I'm back. Actually, the ratings have never been better, Trey. So, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we'll chalk it up as a coincidence, though. Yeah. Uh, before we start talking college football, we have a few podcast related things to get to. First, we're doing a mailbag episode next week, so we need questions. They could be about your favorite team, really anything college football related, and we'll also take a few non college football related questions too. So send those in on Twitter at CFB Bros via email, collegefootballbros at gmail.com, or our preferred way, Ryan, do you know what the, the phone number to call is? Uh no. One <laughs> Trey eight six six college football bros. No, no one <laughs> No. Trey, do you know? <laughs> no. Oh man. Two six zero CFB Bros. It's not ah. that hard. It's not that hard. Uh, but that's our voicemail line. So call that and we'll we'll play your question on the air. Uh, next, we want to thank everyone who completed our online trivia quiz. The winner with 25 out of 30, which is a really good score, was at uh, YihanAla04. And so we will be sending him a College Football Bros t-shirt. But we're feeling generous. So we decided we're also going to send t-shirts to five more of you who were right behind uh, Yihan Alla. So... If you score we're millennials, 20, so we're we're kind of just like participation awards is kind of what we do. A little bit, a little bit, you know. Yeah. That's that's just our culture, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you scored twenty one point five or higher on the quiz, and your name is Hayden, Mike, Ethan, Daniel, or Ryan, you've got a T shirt coming. Not you, Ryan. Yeah, I don't know what I would I would have scored. I feel like I did pretty solid on on that. Yeah, you guys you guys seem like you would have probably been in T shirt eligible <laughs> yeah. scores. Uh, I wanted to say the funniest answer, though, we had on the quiz. So the question was, quote, the school that is the farthest distance from the nearest mainland FBS school is which Big 12 team, a.k.a. the most isolated? So that was a, a poorly written question. And the uh, the answer the person gave was, quote, what the f*** are you asking? <laughs> Which, yeah, it was kind of hard to to gather there. Yeah, I appreciated that. He didn't even try to make a guess. He just wanted to say that. So The most isolated is was like the best way of putting it, though. I, after I heard that, I was like, okay, yeah. not, you know, you kind of get it. But Everyone guessed West Virginia because I think they were... Comparing thinking, it to other Big 12 schools. Right, exactly. Yeah. I believe I got that question right, Michael. You did. You did. That was well done. Yeah. Trey guessed West Virginia, so... You did. Yeah, you did. Uh, we also got two new five-star reviews. So, Ryan, why don't you read the first one? All right. The first one is uh, from Win the Axe. He says, uh, Ski you ma. Uh, good college football pod. 
P.S. Please say something positive about my gophers, with the only thing I've heard so far is how no one is buying PJ. Sad face emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, the the more I've been researching and look reading about Minnesota, yeah, they're they're scaring me a little bit <laughs> as a Nebraska fan right now. Yeah, I mean, they were one of the youngest teams in the country last year, and they still went to a bowl game. So, yeah, I'm I'm optimistic on on them next I, year. I'm just concerned about their quarterback position. I don't think either of those guys are game breakers, I mean, and their D line. Yeah, I think that Tanner Morgan played pretty well at the end of last year, but yeah, but he's just not not a much of a passer. I feel like if he's the guy the whole year, it's he'll be a little bit predict- predictable. I don't know. I mean, they're going to be pretty solid, no doubt. Yeah. I, uh, and like I said, they're probably going to be better than I anticipated, but we'll see. Okay, Trey, what's, uh, what's the next review? Yeah, from Kenny Ryan. Fantastic show. A college football podcast done right. The college football bros are fun, knowledgeable, and don't take themselves too seriously. If every other college football podcast equaled DC movies... This one equals the Marvel Universe. The only question is which brother is Iron Man, which is Captain America, and which is Groot? Uh, I got to be honest. I don't know Groot. <laughs> you don't know Groot? I don't know Groot. Uh, Trey, I said... A little tree? I said you were Groot. Well, oh, I think I'm, that's you, Mike. I'm pretty prideful on America. I want to be Captain America. Okay. Whoa. All right. You're, all right. That's fine. I said I was Captain America because... I am Michael Cap- Newman, oh, who's kind of no. the head brother of oh, the college football pros. Oh, boy. <laughs> I feel like this should be me, Captain you're America. Cap- then you're Captain America before he got the serum and got all buff and strong. All right, well, well, Trey's baby Groot then. So uh, that leaves Iron Man for me. I'll take it. Yeah, Iron, and it kind of worked for you, Ryan, because you've only missed one episode. Trey's missed, hmm. I think, at least two or three. So, well, I guess that means you've missed zero. I have well, it can't really happen without me. <laughs> it's kind of true. <laughs> yeah. But not not that's not that's just because of the head bro technical thing. Technical yeah. stuff. No, no, not just just tech, other logistics. You know. Yes. Logistics. There you go. That's the word I'm looking for. Speaking of words, I uh I'm going to say some words. No. I requested on Twitter for our followers to DM me random words to say in this episode. Could be any word at all. So, I'm going to try and work all of them in. And Trey and Ryan, you don't know what these words are, but... Well, I know one of them. You know one of them? Okay, well, don't guess on that one, well, then. Well, because I sent it to you. Oh, I'm not going to say that one. You can say it. Oh, no, you got to work it in. Fine. You're a nincompoop. Done. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Worked it in. All right. All right. But the other words, you don't know what they are, so you have to guess them as I say them. Could be any time throughout the episode. So, for example, if I said masticate, one of you should stop me and say, hey, that's one of the words. So... We'll see if I can slip any past you. All right. Challenge accepted. All right. By the way, that counts. I said the word masticate and nobody yeah, stopped I, me. I, what's masticate? <laughs> it's like chewing. Chewing. Oh, didn't know that. You also have to define it if well, you want. <laughs> that's going to be hard probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get to news and notes. First piece of news, UConn is joining the Big East in basketball and all the other sports in 2020, and it is expected that the AAC will not keep a football-only UConn in the conference. So that means, first, that there's a a potential opening in the AAC, and then also, you know, we have to decide what happened. Well, we don't really get to decide it, but we can ponder what will happen with UConn football. What do you guys think? Well, I think it's kind of being reported today a a little bit that it's 
they're trying to head towards independency, which would be interesting. Um, yeah. Especially since I mean, what's going to happen in the next few years with their schedule. I mean, since pretty much every team out there has their schedule set, so I don't know how they would work that out. But I, there's been so much talk about what they should do. I mean, it doesn't help the fact that they are horrible. Like what? Maybe no, the worst. it's it's bad timing. Bad timing. It's really bad timing. I mean, if they were good, then people would say go independent for sure. You know, or or maybe the AAC would want to keep them. Right. But at this at this point, I don't think it really matters a whole lot. They the, maybe what would have been best is if they just dropped down a level, but to FCS. But who really wants to? It's do still that? a possibility. I mean, it's still a possibility for sure. But if I was them, I'd I'd at least try my hand at independence and just you know see what happens. Yeah. Um, as far as who who could go in, uh, you you look at a school like Army, uh, especially since they're rivals with Navy. Uh, I mean, th- the problem is with them is they don't really help much outside of football, and and football's just been more of a recent success here the last few years. Right. Uh, Sh- Charlotte and Old Dominion make sense, especially geographically, and they're kind of up and coming. So if you want to maybe catch a flyer on on one of those, but or finally maybe and this could relate to their UConn's football is maybe like a Buffalo out of the Mac. And the reason I say it could relate to the Mac, cause maybe UConn joins a school like, or a conference like the Mac. Yeah, that is a possibility. If, if, if someone from the Mac or conference USA or whoever joins the AAC, then UConn could take their place. But uh, there's been a lot of speculation. Maybe why would those conferences even want a football only UConn, especially at this point? So, Right. I yeah. don't know. They they might get left out and just go independent, but um it's pretty dire. <laughs> another another option for the AAC is that I've read is that they might not add anybody. Right. They could just do kind of kind of what the Big 12 does and just have the top 2 teams play in a conference championship, but the problem is you have to play a round robin schedule in order to have a conference championship if you're not doing the the two division thing and with 11 teams that doesn't really work. There'd only be room for two non-conference games. So maybe they could get a waiver on that from from the NCAA or whoever they need that waiver from. But I don't know. I guess there's just a lot of question marks right now. But it's crazy how far UConn has fallen. I mean, they were in a BCS bowl game as recently as 2011. So it's crazy. Yeah, that's right. But uh, weren't, weren't they like an eight and four team going into that that bowl game, that BCS game? Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. So, but hey, they made it. They they were there. They were there. And by the way, BCS, that was one of the words. That was a request from Marcus Lemons. So oh, oh, that's, man. A, that's impossible. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the easier words for me. So, But still, that's one victory. I'll take that. Uh, it might be the only one. We'll see. <laughs> uh, next up, Dan Wolken reported that the NCAA Division I Council is expected to approve new guidelines that could make it more difficult for college football and basketball players uh, who transfer to receive immediate eligibility via waiver. So I'll give my thoughts first here on the guidelines and the kind of predictable brouhaha that caused on Twitter. And then you guys can tell me what you think after that. So I am not a fan of these guidelines. By the way, brouhaha. That, I don't know how Dang <laughs> it. I got that one by you, but Dang it. that was one of the words. And that was from Joel. I got to focus on that. I'm, I got a lot of concentration there for... I know. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying my best here. So I'm, yeah. I guess I'm two for two there. Or maybe three for three if you count the cheap uh, mastication one earlier. Uh, no, but I don't like the guidelines because it's just they're moving to 
what looks like a more strict interpretation. That just seems to be the wrong direction. I know this, what I'm about to say is is extreme for a lot of people, but I don't see anything wrong with having complete freedom of transfer. You know, like other than the fact that fans and pretty much every coach doesn't like it, but every other student at the school can can transfer when they want and still participate in whatever extracurricular they have without having to sit out. Coaches pretty much can move whenever they want as long as, you know, the other school pays off some buyout. They right. pretty much freedom of movement. Suddenly when it's the players that want to move to a better situation, it's like a problem with society. So I don't know. I, I don't see a huge issue with just kind of opening the floodgates, but I know a lot of people disagree. Yeah, it's a tricky situation, but the more and more I think about it and the more and more I, I listen to Michael, uh, the oh. more I'm like on board with what you're saying. It's just, it's not fair to restrict these kids from playing where they want to play. Why, why, it's not, they're not breaking any laws or anything like that. They're, they're students in college. It's how can you rec- stop them from, from doing that? I just, especially when you're not paying them. Yeah, exactly. That's even a, a, even a better point right there. So they're not signing any contracts or anything like that. It's just let them play. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of on board with you now, Mike. Just I'd rather have that than like super, super strict policies. So. All right. For sure. All right. Next piece of news. Georgia wide receiver Jeremiah Holloman is no longer with the team after a domestic violence incident that just came out. So really bad story there. Uh, but just football wise. How does this impact Georgia's season, Trey? Usually it wouldn't be a big deal for a program with as much talent as Georgia, but we all know that receiver was one of the, their thinnest and most questionable, questionable spots going into this season. So losing their best returning receiver with the production he was especially expected to have, yeah, that's tough now, especially for Jake Fromm, who's going to have to develop a rapport with a young core of, of receivers there. So it'll be interesting to see the receiver position pan out at Georgia. Yeah, this is a, this is a tough one for, for, for Uga. I, I had to put like a number on it. I think it'll cost them one game. Uh, it's, wow. it's hard to say one, it's hard to say a one player would cost them, but that's Trey, you, you attested to it and why it's such an important loss. I, it's going to hurt. I mean, I, I think they could drop a game because of it. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. And, you know, it is a good thing that they got Lawrence Cager, the transfer from Miami, because he's one of very few guys there now that at least has some experience. I mean, it's not like he was putting up big numbers at Miami, but uh, but it did just come out that Cager had surgery a few weeks ago to remove uh, gelatinous cartilage in his knee. So that doesn't sound good, but that just puts more pressure on Demetrius Robertson. By the way, gelatinous. Gelatinous. I is thought that it word too, but I'm like, wow, <laughs> medical. I'm not going to get involved in that. I know. I was like, what? I've never heard that term before. No, I because because it's it's not a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> but and by the way, Lawrence Cager, as far as I know, is fine. I just made up that whole thing. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah. yeah. Oh, Sorry man. if I gave Georgia fans a little heart attack there, but wow. Anyway. Back to, I'm really messed up putting all these words in. But anyway, Demetrius Robertson, we've talked about him a lot. We talked about him, I think, in that X Factor episode, Ryan. Yeah. Even more pressure on him now to be healthy. Um, George Pickens, the freshman, the other true freshman coming in. It's just, yeah, it's a sticky situation. It's gelatinous, you might say. Oh, yeah. All right, next up, Michigan quarterback Brandon Peters, a former four-star recruit, grad transferred to Illinois and has two years of eligibility remaining. How big of a deal is this, Ryan? 
Uh, I don't think it's that big of a deal, honestly. Uh, he didn't exactly light it up in the opportunities that he got up in Michigan, and now he's on going to be on an Illinois team with far less talent around him, and he's not going to have a great defense to bail him out like he did at Michigan. Their Illinois defense is horrible, so they're going to be relying on him to you know, put up a ton of points, make great plays, lots of uh, good throws. So I don't know. I don't think it makes that big of an impact. They're still going to finish last in the West. Oh, that's that was very sad, Ryan. <clears throat> do you disagree? Excuse me. Um, well, I, I do agree that they'll probably finish last, but I well, I think it's a somewhat of a big deal because we both expect him to start, right? So he's yeah. I will just. I mean, they're so desperate there. So yeah, they had two redshirt freshmen on the roster, and then of course Juice Two the true freshman coming in. But you wouldn't expect him to be ready right away. So I think it's an upgrade, and maybe it's not. I agree, though. I did not like what I saw from Brandon Peters at all at Michigan, though he most of his snaps, I think, came in a time when Michigan's O-line was terrible and really the offense just wasn't very good. So maybe it was misleading. Um, But like we say, I think it's at least an upgrade at quarterback. And Levy Smith is upgrading the talent this offseason via the transfer portal. They've got, of course, two former USC receivers, Trevon Sidney and more recently Josh Imadorbebe transferring in. On defense, they've got a linebacker from USC, Wole Batiku. On offense, they also got a guard from Alabama. So there's just there's a lot of guys that are more talented than what they had. So I don't know. I think they're going to be more competitive in the West than Rutgers is in the East. Just seems like a a mishmash of of guys to me. It's uh yeah, expecting a lot of a bunch of guys there just getting there now could play their last year. I know, but at least they're former four star players. That's better than what they had. So. I guess you can say that he petered out at Michigan. Ooh, that I, that's nice. That's nice. So, but <laughs> I actually don't mind the move. I mean, it, I think it's good for Illinois for two reasons. One, because they they struck out with Matt Fink at at USC, or at least he teased them. Uh, but number two, it really can't hurt. Especially, I like the fact that that he's got two years. So maybe he shows something and and he can develop into something for for twenty twenty. I don't know. I mean, that's just a, a glass half full look. So that's the way I look at it. All right. Last piece of news. Yahoo reported that an LSU booster, John Paul Funes, took money from a charity and gave it to a player's dad. I don't know about you guys, but I kind of feel like we should just wait and see on this story. Apparently, there's an NCAA inquiry into the matter, but I don't think we really know all that much right now. Just doesn't sound very good, though. It sounds bad. It sounds yeah. bad, but you know, yeah. these things happen. These things happen. Yeah, they do. Sure. Especially at LSU, I guess, with the basketball and now yeah, apparently football, but yeah, it's it's everywhere. So anyway, let's get to the meat of the episode. Let's get to our 2019 over-unders, and these are not season win total over-unders. They're just kind of random over-unders that we are creating for the 2019 season. So Ryan, why don't you get us started and give us that first example. Okay, so over or under one and a half regular season non-conference wins for USC. And so USC has three of those this year. They got Fresno at home, at BYU, and then at Notre Dame. So they'll probably be favored in two of those. They got Fresno State and BYU, although they probably won't be favored by a whole lot. And then they're definitely going to be, well, at least at this point, they're underdogs at Notre Dame. So I feel like one and a half is the right line. So what do you guys think? Okay, so I kind of t- approached this, you know, meth 
methodologically, <laughs> methodically, methodically. Nice, That's the word I was looking for. That wasn't one of the words, though. No, I, just, I can tell you didn't practice it at all. No, it's just, I just struggled to get it out. Methodically. Okay. So right now in Vegas, USC is favored 13 and a half against Fresno State. And so that equates to about an 83% chance of winning. All right. So I got that. Okay, here comes Nerd Michael. Well, this is this is how you do it, all right? At Notre Dame. Oh no, let's go to BYU. BYU. Uh Bill Connolly has USC as a 56% favorite, which of ESPN. Yeah, yeah, now of ESPN, that's right. Congrats to him. Um 56% actually sounds high, especially that time of year, you know, it could rain, could, you know, I feel like moist field conditions would be a bigger negative for the USC passing game than BYU. But anyway, uh, moist was a word, guys. You didn't catch it. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Why would I be talking about moist field conditions? Wow. Such a weird thing. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, so hey, we got the 56%. Say. What's that? What a weird word for somebody to tell you to say. It, it's weird. Yeah. And then, okay, the last game. So at Notre Dame, Bill Connolly has USC winning 27% of the time. So you add up those percentages. It adds up to 1.66 wins. So even though as a pes- pessimistic USC fan, my gut tells me that's high. My brain tells me that's high. Really, everything in me, my supple breasts are telling me that seems You're high. What? Supple. Yeah, supple. <laughs> supple. Good job, yeah, Trey. Say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, supple. By the way, moist was patty boy. And supple came from, uh, from Parker, who said he will be listening to this episode as he drives to his wedding destination. He's getting married, so... Congrats to Parker. All right. And uh, I forgot what I was saying, but yeah, I'm going over. <laughs> supple breasts is what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, something about my supple breasts. I I don't know, Michael. I actually kind of thought, I know you're an SC guy, but I thought you were going to lean under. I'm going over as well. You know, we I, even though the first half of SC's schedule is so, so difficult, I think they can muster up two specifically non-conference wins. Obviously not in South Bend, maybe, but... I'm expecting BYU to bounce back and have a be- better year from from their bad year, but I still think SC can win early in the season in Provo. Yeah, I, I mean, I set the line. I thought it was the right one, but I'm also I would also lean towards over just because I think Fresno, after seeing what they they lose a lot. I mean, now they get their quarterback back, and Jeff Tedford's done a great job there, but they lose a ton. So going to win at SC is a tall order for them, and BYU. I, I mean, they're. Try you. I mean, they they were okay last year, where they finished seven and six. But their schedules, especially early on, really tough. So yeah, it, I would, it seems. Sorry to interrupt. No, that that's fine. I just I feel like they're probably. I would think they're going to win both those games, and they even have a chance to win at Notre Dame's. So it's yeah, a little bit of a chance. But yeah, it kind of feels like it comes down to that BYU game. If you you chalk up a win, Fresno lost Notre Dame, and then you know yeah, kind of that's more of the swing game. Yeah, close to a toss-up at BYU, but man, I'm, I fear BYU this year. I think they're going to be pretty good with Zach Wilson at quarterback, but anyway, I already said over, so I can't take it back. My first total I'm going to set is the number of group of five players to finish in the top 10 of Heisman voting. I'm setting it at one and a half because the last eight years, it's gone over that number four times and under four times. So what do you think, Trey? I'm going under. In one initial listing of, of preseason odds... Not one group of five player was listed in the top 20. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I think I think one will make the top 10, but I'm not seeing two or more. Uh, you know, last year there were two. 
but Mackenzie Milton was one of those, and he's obviously not going to be back this year. So I'm going under. Yeah, I agree with Trey. Uh, I, I've got to go under just because I'm. I'm just looking. I'm trying to. I was looking at, at different teams. I'm trying to figure out which players are capable of doing it in the group of five. Derek King is capable uh, if he stays healthy. I think I, he will do it. Yeah, that's what I think. I think Derek King, if he stays healthy, will be a top ten Heisman getter, vote getter. And I couldn't come up with a second. It, it would have been Mackenzie Milton has he if he was healthy, and if if he was, then I would. I would have gone over on this, but yeah, he's not. So I got to agree with Trey and go under. Yeah. Some other guys that you might consider for that second spot, Nathan Rourke at Ohio, that offense should be good. Of course, again. Yeah. But the it's, that's tough for a Matt guy to, it is. And I don't know if they're going to be good enough. There's Jordan love that he loses every receiver. Mason fine. Mason fine. North Texas Texas. isn't going to be good enough. And, and you brought up Mackenzie Milton. I mean, if, if Dario Mack or Brandon Wimbush, is is the full-time starter either one of those guys that's a possibility too it's yeah it's a possibility but i just I thought about that but i just don't think either one's as good as mckenzie milton but yeah i agree yeah exactly all right trey what's your what's your first total all right we're gonna talk about two thousand yard rushers the over under i set is one and a half okay well this is this is another another tough one um it didn't it it didn't happen last year only jonathan taylor was was got it right but but the four years prior to that it did happen there were two that made it so it's a hard choice uh but i'm still gonna take the under because i don't think jonathan taylor is going to be able to replicate that after losing four offensive linemen to the nfl uh and then you got who else you got you got travis Etienne. i don't think he's gonna get enough carries to to be able to make it to 2000 they're probably gonna be you know killing teams and he won't have to play all that much. Yeah. DeAndre Swift, not the same thing. SEC is really, really hard to do it. Uh, in the years past, you've had an SDSU guy kind of most of those years. They struggled a little bit last year. I don't think they're going to have the capability. I mean, J- Jawan Washington, if healthy, of course, he had that fractured clavicle that was kind of festered last year, but he could do it this year. It, it's We'll see if SDSU gets back to kind of the way they were, but. I got to lean under. Fester was a word, by the way. Son of a gun. <laughs> that came from CFB complainer. So, ah, man. Anyway. All right. So you're going under. I, I'm going to go over because I, I still think Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Wisconsin just churns out O-linemen. I, I feel okay. And he did it comfortably last year. What? Didn't he have like, he had over 2,100, I think. So yeah, I'll, I'll say, I'll say he does it again. And then I just need one more of, you know, those guys you listed, maybe Patrick Taylor at Memphis, because last year, Daryl Henderson had over 1900 yards. He's off to the NFL. So is Tony Pollard, their other running back. So maybe Taylor as the feature guy could do it. Eno Benjamin has a chance at Arizona State. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. You never they're not, know. They're right? not explosive enough. Well, I about, was thinking maybe the other Arizona guy, J- uh, Taylor. Yeah, JJ Taylor. Yeah. Or Joshua Kelly at UCLA, he was he had some big games last year. So yeah. I'll throw out an even my deepest sleeper and is from Louisiana, not Louisiana Lafayette. Ryan, no, that's Lafayette. No, uh, but the father of their running back, uh, Trey Regis, uh, his father is actually from Mexico, and he spoke on this very subject. He said in a Twitter reply last week, "Quote: Nosotros trabajábamos para ganar dos mil yardas, which translates to we worked towards gaining 2,000 yards. 
in the offseason. So wow, all right, yeah. So he's he, he's calling it. He's calling his shot for two thousand. Wow. So look out for Trey Regis. Do you follow like Louisiana Lafayette Twitter? Yeah. What is your deal? You're- <laughs> that was made up, guys. Trabahabamos. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, yeah. I had to say Trabahabamos. So. Trabahabamos, huh? Yeah. I, I can't believe you You guys are not looking alive there. Well, what? Are you reading a Spanish te- tweet? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that one came from Brody. Thank you, Brody. No entiendo nada, Michael. <laughs> oh anyway uh again i lose my train of thought every time i have to say one of these words but are we ready for the next one yeah i think so okay all right it's me over or under 17th in s&p plus for nebraska's offense this year so you'd expect the offense to kind of take a jump here in year two under frost especially with adrian martinez coming back but the question is how big of a jump do they do they make what do you guys think so i'm gonna lean under so i don't think they're going to finish in the top 17 i I do expect an improvement from 42nd last year uh you know we it's going to be year two in the system of frost and adrian and and usually year two it would generally take off but but they currently have questions at the skill positions spielman is the main receiver he's a little undersized and he finished the year banged up uh so and then there's the other core receivers that are kind of unknown and then the, at running back, it's going to be new guys with potential. And then you got Maurice Washington, who's currently in legal legal issues. So especially if he doesn't come back, it might be tougher. But um, I expect a jump, but maybe not to the top 15 area. Okay. Well, Trey, I'm glad you defined the uh, the over or under here because I wasn't sure which one to say. You know, it's it always gets confusing. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I guess that means I'm going over, which means I'll be the, they'll be better than 17th. The reason why, year one for Scott Frost at UCF, they were 120th in offensive S&P Plus. Year two, they were sixth. So yeah, it's a big jump from 42 for Nebraska into the you know top 16 or whatever, but I, I think they can do it. Ryan, you mentioned Adrian Martinez. He's one of the 10 or so best quarterbacks in the country. And Trey, I'll just take the optimistic view of the guys you mentioned. J.D. Spielman, if he stays healthy, is one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. Maurice Washington, if he can come back from that legal troubles, is going to be great as a sophomore. And then Wandale Robinson is a guy you didn't mention as a true freshman coming in. Yeah. In that what what position, Ryan? The duck. The duck R. The duck R. Yeah, yeah. Mitch Light was very impressed with the duck R position. Oh yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm optimistic about him too. So there you go. Yeah. I think I would go, I'd agree with Michael. It's not going to be by much. I'm not expecting top 10, but I think they would just sneak in there. That The transfer they got from Cal, the wide receiver, kind of I know, I think is a big get. Kind of replaces Stanley Morgan. Yeah, good call. More of a dependable kind of third down type receiver. So, And then just year two. Yeah. Yep. We'll see. I hope so. All right. My next over-under is the number of times I run into Trey at lunch next month. <laughs> so last week, we see each other a lot, it feels like. Last week, we ran into each other in the parking lot of Panda Express. Sometimes I feel like it should be more, but we, you know. I know, we're in the same area, but we enjoyed some orange chicken together, which was just yes. lovely. <laughs> uh, so next week, I'm thinking Taco Bell, Trey. Let's get some chalupas. What do you think? Oh, I haven't been there in a long time. I'll see you there. All right chalupas was one of the words that i just said so oh, i didn't hear you say oh, that i missed oh, 
Did you hear it? I did. I did. I was too busy thinking about Taco Bell. <laughs> I, know, I missed <laughs> okay. the word there. Well, there you go. That was from Austin. So thank you, Austin. Damn. My real question, though, Trey, you taking the over on that or the under? First of all, well, I didn't even set a line. Never mind. Let's just move on to the real right. one. Yeah. <laughs> over or under one Clemson player in the top five of Heisman voting? So the smart answer here, of course, would be push. But you can't. You can't say push. The name of the episode's over or under. So what do you think, Ryan? Well. Since you can't say push, the the you can't next say push, the next best answer would be under. Uh, hmm. It's only happened once in the last ten years where teammates have been finalists to the top five Heisman voting. So that was Baker Mayfield and Didi Westbrook, and that was pretty insane offense that they had there. Clemson's super talented. Yes, Lawrence, Etienne, Ross, even Higgins—they all have a chance to finish in that top five. But one injury, or they're just maybe split kind of votes or there's they don't get all right ryan all right ryan you're not you're not any <laughs> you're not any fun this is ridiculous i'm gonna say over but i want i want major odds here i mean this yeah, is that would be yeah. a, i'd be a i'd be an underdog in this but uh yeah ryan you're too logical here so we know clemson they're gonna be in the thick of things they're gonna be there lawrence you know i'm assuming health lawrence is gonna put up big numbers as will ETN, maybe one of the receivers that you mentioned. So with them winning, they're it, just if you look at ETN and Lawrence, they're going to be in the thick of it most of the year. And if anything, they might cancel each other out to to win it all. But uh, I'm just going to be I'm going to have fun, Ryan, and say over. Wow, Trey just shut me down there. He just really bullied. He bullied Man. you there a little bit. Who are you, <laughs> Ryan? Was kind of <laughs> thinking through his I answer. Was and Trey a little just, bit, but I was still well, going. Love it. Fine, I digress. <laughs> what what other points do you have? Nah, you you win, Trey. You win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Cam Akers, Florida State, over under 1,000 rushing yards. So last year, he had 706. The year before, he just went over 1,000 yards. So I, I feel like if he gets over 1,000, it's a sign that Florida State is back on the way up. Uh, what do you what do you guys think? I think he's going over. I like you said he did it his freshman year and last year he was playing most of the season with kind of a, a hobbled ankle. So now he's healthy. I have to think the O-line's going to get better. We talked about that in the X Factor episode for sure a few weeks ago. Um and Brent Kendall Bryles coming in. I'm I'm optimistic on on Cam Akers. Yeah, I agree with Michael here. I got to go definitely with the over. I mean Look what Kendall Bryles does with his rushing offenses. They're pretty spectacular track record there. I go back to the Singletary, Devin Singletary over at FAU. He was putting up huge numbers there yep. without a quarterback that could really throw. So it was pretty impressive. So I'm I'm going to say that he gets over also. I'm just I'm just disappointed because Akers, I was high on him last year and then Florida State just yeah, you kind of wet the bed. Yeah. All right, so my next over-under here is uh, three and a half SEC teams finishing the regular season in the top 10. So most preseason top 25 polls have, they have four right now. You got A&M, LSU, Georgia, and Bama. But will the regular season end like that? I'm going to say no. In 2018, last year, there were four teams in the top 10. So great point, Mike. Great point. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, no, okay. But there's there's more, <laughs> Ryan. Point. There's more. Okay. Here's the but. Okay. But 
Florida and LSU were were nine ten. So it was it was kind of lucky to be four. But then let's go earlier. Twenty seventeen there were three. Twenty sixteen there was one. Twenty fifteen there was one. One? Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that was that I think it was just basically because at the time Alabama was was obviously so dominant. They still are, but the rest of the teams, it was just kind of a jumble. Like there were a lot from ten to twenty five or from eleven right. to twenty five, but right. it just so happened there weren't a ton in the top 10 anyway 2014 there were three that's as far back as i went and i was like all right well looks like an under just kind of takes the perfect storm to go over yeah yeah and i i'm gonna go under we all can see alabama and georgia of course but then ryan like you mentioned we got the floridas the lsus the a&ms and then even throwing an auburn hovering around most people's top 15 to 20 mississippi state well, Mississippi State's a little bit further down, but they're there, yes. <laughs> but I, you know, looking at it, I think Florida going into the season without doing a ton of research uh, is maybe a touch overrated. Uh, I don't fully trust LSU, especially with their defensive departures to the NFL. And then AM and Auburn, their schedules are just so brutal yeah. that uh, that might hinder them. So I'll lean under. All right. Fair enough. Okay. My last total. Over or under 0.5 Big 12 head coaches to leave for a better job in 2019, or we'll count early 2020 as well. So could be a guy leaving for a more prestigious college job, or of course could be going to the NFL. We saw what happened last year with Cliff Cliff Kingsbury. NFL is always looking for that, you know, young offensive whippersnapper to come in and whippersnapper Uh, okay yeah that was not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) that one came (laughs) that one came from ant so ant you set me up for failure there failure there whippersnapper Uh, anyway so that whole train of thought was just filler so go ahead no i to me this really only comes down to lincoln riley and matt campbell in my opinion uh you know riley each year he's rumored for the nfl uh, and then Campbell could land a more prominent college job. This one, this one's tough. Uh, I'm going to say over. I'm not overly confident in that. But, uh, you know, you could look at Riley saying he could have three straight seasons that are eerily similar after this season. He might want to try something bigger. And then I, you would think that Campbell's going to be in the mix for, for some job that opens up. So I'll say over. I, I'm going to go under. Uh, I just, don't see Riley leaving that early. I mean, with the, the success that he's has at OU, the setup, it just seems like the right situation for him. And Matt Campbell at Iowa State, I mean, it's possible that he could he could leave, but I think that's I think it's a greater than 50-50 chance that he's going to stay in Ames. Okay. Uh, but honestly, I think the whole Big 12 as far as coaches go, I think it'll be the exact same in 2019 and moving on to 2020 because there's so many new ones you know you got west virginia texas tech kansas's schools they're all new and then gary patterson probably wouldn't leave yeah gary patterson's not leaving But you never know there could be a surprise retirement or you know yeah it's just all those guys are not on the hot none of those guys are on the hot seat well none of their coaches are in the hot seat like because they all shuffled from this year yeah yeah exactly so you know one guy you guys left out which is another possibility for this this question is matt rule he, I'm not sure why, but people love him, and he is often in rumors for the NFL. So, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah no, he really is though. So there's, no, that's there's true. He, he's, I've, he's been mentioned, but yeah, I'm saying it's going to be the same head coaches 
all all 10. Okay, I thought about that being the question. Yeah, just over under 0.5 in the entire Big 12, no turnover. That's what you're going, Ryan? You go yeah. under? I, I, that's an interesting question to think, like how to, to look at, like when's the last time that's happened in a conference? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure it's probably happened recently, but I don't know. I would have to go over there. Just I couldn't say which one, but you know, you never know. Yeah. Uh, right. Anyway, Trey, give us our last total here. All right, we're going to talk about Tua. Over, under, 40 passing touchdowns. Okay. Um, so I, I'm going to take the under, even though he did throw 43 last year. Uh, 40 is just a high number. And if he if he misses one game due to injury, that's severely going to hinder his chances. Or if for some reason I mean, Alabama doesn't make sorry it Sorry to, to interject. What? Sorry to interject here, Ryan. But I, I don't know if I would necessarily... I mean, anyone can get hurt, but... I wouldn't necessarily expect him to get hurt. He he runs a little bit, but it's not like he's Tim Tebow, you know, so he can he can stay protected back there. Okay, but I mean, he got hurt last year. I know that was a stupid thing to say, Ryan, but Tebow was one of my words and I just got it in. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought that was a kind of a weird point there. It was a weird. Yeah, you should be recognizing me being weird. Oh, damn. Yep. Maybe I'm just really weird because you guys are I'm saying all this weird stuff and you're like, yeah, that just sounds like something Michael yeah, was saying. Exactly. <laughs> all right well moving back to my point here sorry sorry if he gets injured or oh by the way that was ben schoenfeld who sent uh, that one in so thanks ben all right or if alabama for some reason doesn't make the sec title game or the national championship that's just one less game that two gets to play so i'm i'm gonna go under okay i'm gonna take the over here um i just don't see why he won't do the same thing he did last year i mean the the receiving core is just as loaded. They're just a year more experienced. The schedule sets up pretty well. No Georgia or Florida from the East. And last year, his touchdown total might have been even higher if he didn't suffer that high ankle sprain against Georgia. So Yeah, because Jalen Hurts threw a few uh, as well. So they were over 50 as a team. So Yeah, so there's there's some room for, there's some wiggle room there. I just, I don't know how much they're, they're going to solely rely on Tua airing it out this year, especially with new coordinators and and kind of year two of full bo- full blown Tua. But we'll see. All right. That'll do it. Thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. Thank you to everyone who sent me in weird words to say. Ryan and Trey did not do as well as I thought they would do. <laughs> no. Yeah. Go sleep there for a little bit. Yeah. Uh once again, be sure to send in mailbag questions for next week as soon as possible. And uh, just a heads up, next week's episode, the mailbag episode, is going to be our last one before we start going conference by conference, previewing the 2019 season. And so that'll be two episodes a week leading up to the oh season. Oh, boy. Yeah. Two a weeks, as yeah, we now weeks, like to call yeah. them after I just said that right now. Um, but really, we think those are some of our best episodes of the year. So make sure you're subscribed. Help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about the show on Facebook, Twitter, wherever. We'd really like to to grow this thing in the in the run up to the season. And with that, we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.
Right now, savings goals might feel out of reach, but with the U.S. Bank mobile app, we can help you put money aside in a way that won't make you miss it. Using personalized insights, you can save in a way that works in real life and all the curveballs that come with it. So let's get you closer to whatever it is you're saving for. Because at U.S. Bank, even our tools are smart enough to put people first. U.S. Bank. We'll get there together. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today.